This is Secrets of the Art World. I'm your host, Matt Gleason. It's my podcast. Is it? Am I the host? Is that if I'm the only one talking, like I'm hosting a show of me? Ugh, okay. Um, this is my first episode, so I thought I would start with uh, the letter A. Do I need to go into Secrets of the Art World? You're, if you clicked, you're already intrigued, right? I mean, there's a lot going on in the art world. Some people know more than others. Let's even the playing field. Um, but I figured for the first episode, I would, thinking of the letter A, I decided to talk about auctions. There's a lot of dirt about auctions. It's where a lot of the bodies are buried. And uh, art auctions, they, they have a very sexy place uh, in cultural lore. They're always depicted in cinema uh, as a place of refined, quiet introspection as somebody wiggles their finger or touches their nose to up a bid by half a million dollars for a, a painting. And uh, it's always a painting. So what are auctions? Uh, and and let, let's, let's get into the dirt. Uh, why do the rich people love auctions so much? Um, there's a number of reasons. Why and why not would you auction an artwork? Well, uh, there's a couple reasons uh, why that are very beneficial. Um, if you want to establish an artist's price that is unimpeachable, that you can tell any collector, this is how much one of this person's artworks go for. An auction is the best way to do it. And the reason an auction is the best way to do it is it's publicly recorded. That price is out there for the world. Now the reason that and there's there's that's so good because uh, let's say I have a painting at my gallery by you if you're an artist and you're listening. This is all about you. Let's say I have one of your paintings. Um, I can look at your auction record and show it to a collector and, and point out why the painting I have uh, is, is a bargain. Now, a lot of collectors would do their research and say, well, the piece that sold at auction is with a very high price is the best example of that person's work. This is maybe 70% as good. I should get this for 70% the price. Now, all of a sudden, does that sound bad for me? Well, not really, because here's the thing. I've already got them agreeing to the fact that there is a valuation on the art. Now, why wouldn't you want to sell an artwork at auction? Well, almost for the same reason, except what if nobody bids on it? So if you had a piece thinking, ah, we could sell this for $80,000 and I'll be able to sell paintings of mine for $40,000 for the next five years. What if nobody bids or what if the lowest bid is $8,000? Um, it's it's going to be publicly recorded. So there's a bit of a gambling aspect. Of course, here's a little, here's a little secret. You know that when you put something up for auction, they keep your name secret. So nobody knows where it came from. Now, word gets out. Uh, it was just in the news uh, I'm making this recording in April of 2018, and 
Steve Wynn, major art collector, but also major sexual harasser, uh, had to leave the board of Wynn Resorts and the Republican National Committee. Uh, but it was just reported that he's going to be putting up um, a lot of his art for auction. And uh, he owns a Picasso. They're going to try to get 80. They think they should get $80 million for it. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's, times are kind of hot right now. And so I must say there is a saying in this uh, field, sell when they're buying and buy when they're selling. And it sounds like it's the easiest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do. Right now they're buying. It's a good time to um, sell your Picasso. Uh, so Steve Wynn hope, hoping to make 150, 200 million. And uh, that's what he's going to do. But um, it's not exactly the best time uh, to sell something at auction if uh, you know if you can't get the if you can't get uh, what you think. A lot of people might be buying right now, but a lot of people uh, might not like what you're selling. Steve Wynn has this uh, amazing uh, Picasso, amazing self-portrait. He's got some uh, Warhols that there just aren't many available. So what you need for every auction to be successful is, uh, oh wait, let me, let me get back to the, 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 the big secret is I don't, you don't, we, we know Steve Wynn is selling it. The reason I brought up Steve Wynn is we know he's selling it. Word got out. And sometimes it's to the advantage of the seller. Hey, this is, I'm a big deal. And I'm, I'm giving, I'm putting this up for auction. Oh, okay. The, the fact that the big deal owner, um, and, and, or the unimpeachable provenance of a work. So we know it's not a forgery. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a, that's a big reason that you want to, uh, uh, let it be known who you are, but you can take an artwork you own or let, I could take an artwork that you did. Cause again, you listening, you're an artist and this is all about you. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to inflate the value of your artwork. I'm going to consign it to Sotheby's and, uh, I'm going to, we're going to put the minimum bid at 15,000 and I'm going to bid on it. Now, I, wait, wait, I just consigned it to the artwork. Well, the, the identity of the consigner and the identity of the buyer are secret in a private sale. And so I can buy it from myself and the auction house will make a profit. They will make 10% of the sale. So let's say I take one of your paintings and I sell it to myself. I, I auction it off and I buy it. Okay, so far so good. Uh, let's say I, okay, we, you're, you've, you've never really sold that well and there's no public record. But now we have a public record of you selling for $80,000. And all I ended up doing was bidding and then having somebody else raise a newspaper and lower it and uh, bid against me until we hit 80,000. And then I bought it for 80,000 and I, I gave Seth B's 8,000, 10%. Uh, and, and there, hey, your public record is now, you, you, your art sells for $80,000. Now I can turn around for spending 8,000 and who knows, who knows what I can do. Uh, hey, they just sold it at Seth B's for 80,000. This artist is really hot. Happens every day. So um, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big secret. The consignment uh, is, is, uh, now, why would you want to, uh, why would you want to sell your work at auction uh, instead of a direct sale? Because there's a risk. Uh, now, I'm 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 a bit of a shark, 
And if you said, uh, I have this artwork, and I'm going to put it up for auction, I could say, well, you know, it might flop. I'll give you 10000 for it now. You'll definitely have the 10000 But if you put that up for auction for 10000 and nobody bids, then it's going to be worth less. Uh, it's not going to be worthless, but it's going to be worth less than 10000 and I'm offering you the 10000 now. So, you know, it, it becomes now becomes a bit of a challenge for you. Now, you own the artwork. Who are you? Well, let's just say you're a collector now. You see, possession... Uh, you know, who owns title to the artwork? Is title is a big deal. Possession is, they say possession is nine-tenths of the law. Well, you own it, but, you know, what if it's uh, stolen? What if it's a forgery? I'll tell you, contemporary art is very hard at, hot at auction right now. And the reason it's very hot at auction is because so much classical art, uh, impressionist art, uh, surrealist art is forgeries now. They're the, the, the market is, they don't want to talk about this, but the market's flooded with forgeries. And, um, and that's why it's uh, a piece with provenance is, we'll always get a high bid, but you know, oh, well, my grandpa said it was a Medigliani. Nah, you know, oh, you know, uh, this comes, there, there, there's been a lot of things lately. So the thing about an auction house is it's putting its name behind it. An auction house is looking at your piece and really, really checking the provenance and authenticating it. But, um, you know, every once in a while, somebody will try to put something up for auction that was stolen. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, actually, more, many, I, I can now say many years, the early internet stories are all many years ago. They're not a few years ago. But when eBay was just starting out, a policeman spotted something that had been burglarized in the neighborhood uh, on eBay and tracked down the seller and actually uh, caught him. And he went to the governor. Let's just say this was in Texas. I, this is, and it's, it's not an apocryphal story. This really happened. He, he went to the, he went to the governor, this sheriff and said, Hey, you know what? We, is there any way we can just regulate or even shut down this eBay site? Because this eBay site is where people are auctioning off stolen goods. And, um, basically the governor and another couple cops sat down and said, dude, you're an idiot. Do you realize this is the best chance we have of ever recovering loot is people auctioning off it on eBay. So eBay, see Sotheby's Christie's, they want to be, oh, look at how, how rarefied we are. But eBay, if, you, if you've ever done eBay, you, you basically are doing what Sotheby's uh, and um, Christie's does. But they, but they authenticate the work. And on occasion, you know, a, a, a forgery goes through. Uh, there's a lot of verification processes, though. So um, now... When you are involved in the direct sale of art, i.e. you're a gallery owner, I'm a gallery owner, uh, when you're involved in that, the auction, does the auction compete with you? Well, it depends on what level you're at. I, I'm not at the level of, of showing Damien Hirst, but for example, Larry Gagosian has a show right now of some new Damien Hirst paintings, and they're terrible, um, as always. And and that's the nature of Damien Hirst and Larry Gagosian. Uh, but why would Damien Hirst go through Gagosian instead of auctions. Well, he did in September of 2000, what year is that? 2007 or 2008? I think it was September 2008. Uh, Damien Hurst auctioned off uh, many, many, many of his artworks. And uh, now this, they said it got $200 million for his art. Um, that was the same day. The auction was the same weekend that Lehman Brothers collapsed. And so... Um, 
I question if all of those sales were um, finalized because of the time. So it's pretty funny that Damien Hirst did it then, but now that the market is finally back a little, he's going through the most established channel, uh, Gagosian, the billion dollar uh, number one gallery, number one in money sales, not number one in quality. Uh, that clunk was, I was setting down a memory stick near the microphone. Sorry if it disturbed you. This is my first podcast. So um, anyway, you can um, do the opposite of what an auction does, though, uh, if you don't like an artist. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a little story here. Uh, there was a local dealer who uh, had given a couple shows to an artist. And you know what? I really dislike this artist personally. And I never really respected their art too much. But I'm going to save them the, uh, the, uh, the problem, the hassle. Um, what, what this person, uh, this dealer, also, and just like me, ended up not liking this artist. And so now if, I, if this person took one painting and took it to, uh, or maybe in this case a photograph, uh, and took it to an auction house and, and bid it up and established the artist's price, that'd be great. But instead, this person had supported the artist uh, and bought a lot of their art. And then something happened where they, these two had a disagreement, and I'm not surprised. Like I said, I don't, I don't really like this artist. But um, So this uh, owner, this, this owner of the work, this person who had title to the work, by purchasing, having purchased the work from the artist, this person put them all up for auction with no minimum bid. Therefore, when you go online and you search this artist, oh, they're a serious artist. Look, they've had work sell at auction. Let's see. Oh, wow, here's a major piece. This is a piece that, you know, maybe uh, is in, or these pieces are in some other collection and pieces like this sold at auction for $50. What? Yeah, yeah. So what if your auction record is $50 because somebody who hated you flooded the market and took six or maybe 10 of your good size major artworks and just it's officially on record your work was auctioned off for $50 at a, at a, at a, at a known auction house. You know, auction houses have to have licenses. It's a very, it's a very old industry. It's a very licensed industry. Uh, my family's in um, manufacturing. When I was a kid, real little kid, my dad would take us to auctions because, and he would have us bid for machines to intimidate uh, the other, the other buyers. Like if they were really macho, they would refuse to bid against a kid. And I had fun doing it. It's fun. It's fun. Oh, wow. How much can we, okay, you can, you can go up to, uh, you know, $400 on that, you know, drill press, $10, $20, 30, you're bidding against this guy who wants a bargain, wants a drill press for a hundred dollars. Little, you know, nine-year-old kid says 120. Oh, it just intimidates them. So, so there's that, you know, and, and you could, you could uh, magnify that for uh, the international market. You know, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of people who have their prejudices and when a, when another bidder, when it's known that another bidder might be from uh, another country or something they don't like, you know, that there's, there's an intimidation factor there. Um, so the flooding is a very, uh, you don't, if you're, if you're nasty to somebody and they want to get rid of your art, they can really, uh, they can really mess with your career, especially if you're like kind of on the bubble and moving up, you know, you've had an article or two written about you and some people are buying your art and all of a sudden somebody owns three or four, you know, you get a little attitude, no, you know, I'm, I'm too good for you or whatever. It's like, okay, fine. I don't like your art. I don't want your art. And you know, your sales aren't so great that I'm going to make a lot of money at your art, but I can always re, you know, really hold your career back here. 
boom. So, um, you know, it's there. It, think of it as a conspiracy, okay? In the good sense, when people are behind you, behind your art, imagine if your dealer sells two paintings to a collector and says, uh, or sells three. Let's let's do three, okay? You're a good artist, and he says, don't just buy one, buy three. I'm going to sell you three paintings for five thousand dollars, okay? So $15,000, but with this $15,000, you're going to, um, we're going to put one up for auction and I'm going to buy it for $15,000 and the person's auction record will be $15,000, okay? So you gave me the 15, I gave it all back basically to the auction house, but then we hired an appraiser, they appraised your two artworks at being worth $15,000 each, you donated one to an auction, to, to a museum, and got a $15,000 tax write-off. So you spent $15,000 with me. You got $15,000 back, and then you got $15,000 off your taxes, and you still own this person's artwork that now has a established value of $15,000 and is in a museum collection. You follow this? That's a conspiracy. But the conspiracy goes both ways. If, if uh, a lot of people uh, don't like you, uh, you know, they dump you. There was an artist, Sandro Chia, and uh, he was a rock and hot art star. And uh, somebody decided, well, that's the end of the line, pal, and just dumped the Sandro Chias. And he he wants to be blasé about it. Oh, you know, I'm unaffected. I still make the art I want to make. And I take him at his word. And uh, his art has always been eh, the same level of, I never liked him, but I don't, yeah, I, I don't like it, but um, but his art, his market never recovered basically, uh, because once the market is flooded, you know, and there's no low price on it, it's just rarity and scarcity uh, benefit you greatly uh, in auction. the The greatest example of your work benefits you in auction, things like that. So uh, the consigner can be the buyer, and the consigner can help build the market, and the consigner can also just uh, destroy the market. Um, now, these things are mostly, these are some real outlier stories here. For the most part, somebody owns your art, and eventually, yeah, you know, let's see what we can get. Uh, there was a dealer in town, Patrick Painter, who was a big collector in the 80s, and he uh, sold a Julian Schnabel at the top, 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 oops, the top of the market passed, and it, it nobody bid on it. Didn't get any bids, and that's when the whole 80s market just ended, and Patrick Painter, it took years for him to live down. Obviously, we're still talking about it, but it's one of those situations where if you are looking at um, the whole history of art, you know, art, the market, basically, when you're looking at it, there's this point where the whole 80s thing ends, and everybody traces it to uh, to Patrick Painter, uh, people passing on a, on a Julian Schnabel, and, you know, when, when, when you go to an artist and say, look, I own your artwork, um, I'm going to sell it at auction, it's, it's kind of a naked moment for that artist because if, if it gets passed up, and sometimes the artist has to get on the phone and just say, hey, I need you to get out there and, and bid on my work, or, or that's when they can tell the dealer, hey, look, it's time for you to find somebody to step up to the plate. So, um, you know, these things happen. But every, art, every auction is successful when two people want the same thing. Um, you know, this... Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, which is a terribly restored, it's even questionable if it was a Leonardo da Vinci. It was a, it was, uh, it's a painting of Christ. Uh, you know, um, 
the the uh, this uh, what's his name the the, the guy in, in um, Saudi Arabia the new prince of uh, Saudi Arabia bought it for 450 million we don't know who the underbidder was who was the underbidder think about this they whoever owned this piece uh, who paid for it to be restored who 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 got people to say that it was a da Vinci to the point that the auction house felt comfortable with it you know without going into every sordid detail you know eh, okay i don't i'm i'm still not sold uh, that it's a da Vinci uh, jerry salts made a very uh, convincing uh, case that it wasn't a da Vinci but see, one of the reasons contemporary is hot is because we always have these weird suspicions because there's just so many forgeries of ancient art. Now, a Basquiat sold for $110 million recently. And uh, that was the largest for a contemporary artist, a living artist ever. And uh, But we know it's a Basquiat, regardless of whether you like it or hate it. Um, I actually, it's from a series, uh, the Eli Broad uh, has a few, and, and actually the Eli Broad, at the, the one at the Broad Museum, this uh, self-portrait of Basquiat's is um, far superior to the one, I believe, that sold for $110 million. Um, so uh, so understand that. Um, the Basquiat at the Broad, in a weird way, helped this one. And, and again, it's a scarcity thing, so follow me on this. The reason the Basquiat sold for $110 million is because ones like it are in the collection of the Broad. Now... Does this give the Broad any incentive to sell? Well, I don't know. Maybe Broad owns one or two in the back. I, I'm, not, I'm not certain of his holdings. I'm not, I'm not certain what he's given to his institution. But the Broad is basically, it's an end, it's an end of the line. There's the, the, the assumption is, and we have no reason to doubt it, this painting is always going to be in the Broad. And if it is, therefore, all the other paintings like it that are out by the same people with the provenance are suddenly worth more because they have that guarantee that it, there's always going to be one at the Broad. And once something has this institutional credibility in the art world, that's basically the gold standard. That's what we all look to. So now if you own a painting, somehow you acquire a painting, somebody dies, that's almost always uh, how um, people get paintings. I know that um, my late friend Greg Escalante owned some art and uh, he had a, a relative works at a smaller auction house, not Sotheby's, not Christie's. And so the assumption is all of his art will be auctioned at this smaller. For them, this is a big deal. This, this might be like, wow, there's provenance. This guy was a dealer. These are all well-known artists of particular type. Um, will, would, would Sotheby's even want it? And not, that, not that it's not great art, but maybe they wouldn't want it. So, um, you know, I just had to... I just had to watch this deal in action. Most people, you know, I think when somebody dies, you get their art. So think of all the art you own. Someday your niece or nephew or kids are going to be saying, well, let's put it up for auction. <laughs> he loved art so much. I hate this artwork. Let's put it up for auction. <laughs> I hate it, but I hope it's worth something. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, when you have somebody, uh, owning your art that is, you know, 90, you want to go, hey, you should donate it to the museum because the museum, you, you'll get the tax write-off, right? But uh, by, by the time they're that old, they're like, ah, let the kids do what they want with it. So um, anyway, um, the boom in contemporary is absolutely because of the uh, 
forgeries out there. And um, I want to add, well, I got one little story, uh, you know, about um, walking through an auction. When I, my, my first, the first time I really was kind of immersed in the New York art world, um, I, went to, I went to New York and I was uh, just publishing my magazine. This was in the mid 90s. And I went to what's called the day sale. And, uh, I, man, I can't tell you if it was Christie's or, or Sotheby's. I really can't. And um, there was a Warhol self-portrait. This thing was about, I, I want to say it was about like, you know, 9 by 14. Maybe it was 8 by 11. And um, it sold for, it had been donated by Warhol to um, like an AIDS foundation. Back then, that, that was a real big deal. And Warhol, like many artists, uh really supportive of of working for a cure and uh crazy times that i think most of us would rather forget but you know let's remember the arts they really stood up when it counted uh to raise money for that cause to keep people alive people who are still alive today and andy warhol was one of them so he had donated this uh painting and basically said you know one day you should auction it off so they auctioned it off and it was a small self-portrait and it um it made about, I think, maybe yeah, 15000 20000 The day sale is where the small stuff is. Um, but now, any Warhol self-portrait is a huge, huge deal. So a similar piece like that would sell for close to a million dollars today. So um, so in 20 years, that's that's how a, a Warhol's gone from twenty grand to... Actually, I think it was about... Maybe it was 16000 For some reason, the number 16. But that was a day sale. You know, the ones that you read about in the newspaper where something sells for $100 million, um, that's when, um, you know, that's the night sale. And these auctions are very, very well calibrated. There was recently a, uh, a, a contemporary auction uh, in New York at Christie's, and they had uh, a preview in Chinatown at the Joseph Gross Gallery, gallery next door to mine, um, with like there was a Jasper Johns, uh, a painting on paper. The estimate was $110,000. So now the thing is, if you don't hit an estimate, the estimate, they don't start the bidding at the estimate. They start the bidding way below it. And so um, that's uh, something to remember. So if, something, if, it go, if it goes for below estimate, that's not good. But when you read about the big, the big things in the paper, you never read about the day sales, but there's a lot of, a lot of the, the futures bright ahead. And that's definitely where the... the um, the whole uh, secret seller, secret buyer might be the same person is going on. Every once in a while, you'll see a really weird, suspicious work with very little art world track record. And you're like, mm, somebody's trying to create like a market here. Remember that art is an asset class at a certain level or after a certain level, I should say. So, you know, people park their money in art. And this is way out of the realm of the uh, of an ordinary person. But when you think about it, you um, could buy gold, right? Some people buy gold. Now they buy Bitcoin, right? I think they buy Bitcoin. But think about it. Now you could buy um, art and 10 years later sell it. And so you have $100,000 and you buy, you, you buy a 100000 Say you buy a Donald Judd for 100000 which I don't even know. That'd be a tiny Judd these days. Um, but let's say 10 years ago, you had $100,000 and you bought a Donald Judd sculpture. Well, now... You could have bought Apple stock. Apple stock would have would stock and Apple would have probably surpassed. But you could let's say you could sell the John the the the, the Donald Judd right now for a million dollars. You know I don't know what you could sell that um, 
what you could sell the Apple stock for. You probably, but there's most things that you would have bought, like you would bought a house for a hundred thousand. Would would you have sold that house for a million? Eh, probably not. You know, a hundred thousand dollar house ten years ago, maybe sell for six hundred thousand, right? But a, but a Donald Judd, you sold for for a, a million. So that's that's what these people. The asset class, um, that's the ultimate goal of every artist who makes objects, I believe. And anybody who tells you, oh, no, no, my art's not about the money. It's, you know what, that is a that is a cultural attitude of the very wealthy themselves. So those with the money who actually do these things, their kids who go to art school, your art school classmates who said, oh, no, no, it's not about the money. I want to make art that doesn't involve the market. Okay, then people start mimicking that who aren't from the upper classes, but for the most part, uh, you know, this is the way the world works. Anyway, uh, this was my first attempt at a podcast. And these are secrets of the art world. I hope you learned a little bit more about a little bit of the art world. And I'm going to try to do this every week. Uh, my name is Matt Gleason, and I've been your host. Maybe next episode I'll have theme music and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so uh, tune in, and this is going to be archived on secretsoftheartworld.com, a website I just started today. All right. Thank you very much for listening.